My name is Andrew Bustamante, and this is Everyday Espionage. I have been getting some fantastic feedback from folks about Season 3, an experiment that I've been calling Ground Truth. For those of you following the Everyday Spy website or my YouTube channel, you've seen some of my other Ground Truth content, from KGB illegal Jack Barsky to some tactical commo specialists I've been working with. So far, we've been hearing from operators who know me only as a friend and a peer, a professional field operator like them. But to end Season 3... I want to share a voice that's a little more special to me, someone who can really help me bring you into my own personal world of everyday espionage. So I am really excited to have a chance now to talk to you in your real name, because you are my wife, Jihee Bustamante. You are the co-founder of Everyday Spy. You are a former covert CIA intelligence officer right there along with me. And unlike the other people that I've interviewed as part of this third season of the podcast, I feel like with you, we really get a chance to talk openly. And I'm excited to talk openly because I'm excited to talk to somebody who really understands me, who really understands herself, who really understands espionage and everything that we are doing in our actual everyday life to apply espionage principles to how we live, how we raise our family, how we run our business, even our relationship. But I don't know how excited you are to be on the podcast. So can you tell us a little bit about how excited you are to be recorded? Uh, I don't generally like to be the face or the voice. There's a reason I used to work in a vault. (laughs) So tell us a little bit about your time in the vault. What was your job with CIA? What did you do? How is it different from me? So uh, I was a targeter at the CIA. There are uh, generally two different types of targeters, the ones who are more analysis and the ones who are more operational. So I was an operational targeter for the seven years that I was at the agency. And my job was basically to track down and find people of interest. I did not do kinetic targeting, so I wasn't the person that located where the bomb was going to be dropped. But I found people who had information of interest, who had intelligence that the uh, United States wanted. And I would locate those people and find out as much as I could about them. So an operator could go out and meet them and be their friend and convince them to spy for our country. So you were like a professional stalker. I think of it more like a matchmaker, (laughs) but the qualities do overlap. So this is what's funny about you and I, because we both know our personalities extremely well in great detail. We were personality tested before we were hired. Our personality testing continued while we were in service. Mm -hmm. And then even as we started dating and ultimately got married, our personalities have come out to play. And one of the key things that I think is so funny about your personality and how it's different from mine is that you always have to find a nice way of saying things. <laughs> like you have to call it being a matchmaker. <laughs> and even when you talked about not being kinetic, you were like, I'm not kinetic, so I don't tell people exactly where the bomb will explode. Kinetic targeters blow up people. Yes. That's what the bomb explodes on. Yes. But you didn't want to say that they blow up people. Correct. 
it's, it's always nice to have a little facade going. So how does such a nice person, how do you end up being a professional criminal? <laughs> Everything you did was a, was against every law in the world except American law. And the only reason it wasn't against American law was because you were granted permission by the president to serve at his behest. So how did that happen? How did you go from being Johnny good guy to Johnny badass? That is a good question. I was actually, during my interviewing process with the CIA, I was asked by one of the interviewers, because it's a multi-step process, how do you reconcile the fact that you are a Buddhist social worker with what we will ask you to do at the CIA. And I was really proud of myself. I came up with a very good on-the-fly answer. Basically, I was in my last year of grad school in Florida, and I wanted to work for the federal government. I applied for every job I thought I was a match for, mainly health and human services, FBI. I wanted to do human trafficking. And then I was at a job fair and. On my way from talking to the State Department, I saw the CIA booth, and I thought, well, I haven't applied there yet. <laughs> <laughs> They're at the bottom of my list of places where I would like to work. <laughs> I just thought it wouldn't be a good match. So when nobody called me back, <laughs> I, uh, I applied online to the CIA, and I got this call out of the blue during an internship. It was a social work internship uh, working with uh, children's education. <laughs> and uh, this unknown number pops up on my cell phone, and it's the CIA. And they say, we're interested uh, in having you apply, you know, having you come in and go through our interview process. And I said, oh, okay. That's was a surprise. And <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure you're not health and human services? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so every step of the hiring process with the agency, I called my dad on the way to the interview and told him, you know, I just really don't think this is going to be a good fit for me because I am not James Bond. I am not Jason Bourne. I don't think I can do the things that we see in the movies. But every step of the interview process, I met these amazing people and I found out that the CIA is not James Bond. It is not Jason Bourne. There's this wide array of of professions within the CIA, things I'd never even thought about um, that exist and all these amazing professionals that all they want to do is serve their country. And so every step of the way, I kept meeting applicants. I kept meeting recruiters, interviewers, polygraphers, unfortunately, but (laughs) (laughs) um, that just really impressed me. Um, So by the time I got the offer, I was sold. I thought, you know what, I think this could be a really good fit for me and, you know, a new start. You know, it's funny when I when I think about your experience versus my experience, because I came from the U.S. military. So the whole idea of this hidden parallel universe, like you were describing CIA, right, where it's its own self-contained entity. I was very familiar with that in the military. We had our own doctors. We had our own dentists. We had our own legal system. That's the way the military works. Everybody has their own uniform code of military justice. So when I went to the agency, I was just, it was more of the same. Oh, you got your own secretaries and you have your own busboys and you have your own catering staff, just like we had in the military. But you were coming from absolutely open, free world. And you didn't even come from a military family. So the idea of this parallel world 
that's that's separated by mission and classification and confidentiality was completely new to you. And as much as you like to talk about how you met cool people along the way, you also advanced through that process, which means that you had something that they were looking for. Did you ever stop to reflect on the fact that you must have been doing something right for them to keep advancing you forward? I always chalked it up to the fact that it was a fluke. (laughs) Although, after having served in the agency for so long, I realized that it takes a lot of different personalities, a lot of different backgrounds to be successful, to make the agency itself successful. Um, So not just in the different job tracks, the different career tracks require different types of people with different backgrounds to make them work properly. But all of those have to come together to make the agency as powerful as it is. You know, you and I, personality type-wise, you know, if you're looking at our MBTIs, our Myers-Briggs, they are exactly the opposite. Yeah, it feels like it too. (laughs) Our lucky children. Yes. (laughs) But that is what made us a a power, right, a power couple basically in the agency where, you know, the things that I was strong at, you were not. The things that you were strong at, I was not. You put us together and we made this incredible team. Yeah. No, I agree. And And I feel like that still has carried out since we've left the agency too. If anything, we were tested Our relationship was tested, our personalities were tested, our abilities and capabilities were tested at the agency, in the field together, and now whatever comes our way is kind of not something I have to worry about breaking us, usually. I mean, don't get me wrong, (laughs) every time the baby wakes up in the middle of the night, I'm a little bit afraid of breaking. (laughs) But that's still so much better than actual water torture, you know, it's not quite the same thing, but in the moment it feels horrible. Oh yes, I realize. Uh, I mean, I've, you know, I am a social worker at heart, so I've, I've never been a supporter of torture by any means. But I understand since having the two children, how horrible sleep deprivation really is. So, do you really think that you're still a social worker at heart? Absolutely. So, explain then how your opinion on things has changed from when you were in the heart of social work, helping poverty-stricken refugees trying to resettle in the United States to when you were hunting down hard targets across the country, across the world with CIA. How have you and your opinions on social type of topics changed? So I know you like to joke that I was raised by a couple of hippies. It's not a joke. It is actually true, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I began my life journey as this very liberal, progressive person. And then over time, I went to law school, I became more conservative. I started working in a nonprofit and seeing the realities of life. And then I started working in the CIA. And slowly, I feel like I've become more centered. And I think the biggest shift that I felt is that before where I would just you know, I think when you're young, you kind of take your parents, at least I did, you take what your parents say as gospel. So I didn't put a lot of critical thinking into my reactions, where the more world experience I got, the more differing perspectives, I mean, the agency has such a variety of people in it, um, the more differing perspectives I was exposed to, the more apt I am now to stop before I make a judgment. Mm. And 
in the agency, all of our work is in a gray area. So I was raised with very black and white thinking, and I ended up working for many years in a very, very gray area where you have to really ask yourself, what is right? What is wrong? What is moral? What is ethical? And it's not always clear cut. That's awesome. I love that because one of the things that we try to teach people, and you know this as well as I do, but one of the things we try to teach people is about cognitive distortions right? and how easy it is to be programmed with these cognitive distortions because of the environment where we're raised or our society, our culture, our level of education, etc. And one of those cognitive distortions is black and white thinking. This idea that when you're faced with information, you have to categorize that information as right or wrong, true or false, good or bad, black or white. But what we had to learn how to do at the agency was adapt the color palette because you can't judge things in black and white terms. The history, what's happening at that moment in time, what level of threat is pressing against American citizens, what country of the world you're in, what relationship that country has with the United States, what the budget of the operation is, all of these things play into whether something is a good or a bad idea, a safe or an unsafe bet, what is the risk-benefit scenario, and whether or not it's ethical or unethical. These are not absolutes. But when you go to an ethics course in college, they try to boil this very complicated idea into something very simple. And I feel like that's similar to what you were saying. You and I were both raised in households where there was black and white thinking. Everybody is raised in households where there's black or white thinking. You either agree with mom and dad, and you're in the white thinking area, or you disagree with mom and dad, and you're the black sheep of the family. We all know what that feels like, but as we progress in our life experience, like you were talking about, our professional experience, our world experience, we realize the world doesn't break down into black and white. There are shades of gray, and there are even shades of color that we have to learn how to work within if we really want to take advantage, if we really want to maximize our impact and maximize our potential. And that cognitive distortion of black and white thinking is one that's so relevant and powerful to all of us. My wife is my best friend and my closest ally. She is also the complete and total opposite of me. The only thing that brought us together was life experience, world travel and education, critical thinking, and ultimately the CIA. When I reflect on her story, how she grew from a shy, obedient child into the confident but humble hero that you hear on this interview, I am awestruck. Not only because she made the journey, but because she never thought that the journey was possible. Until, all of a sudden, she was on it. Personal growth and world experience is a journey every one of us can make. And it is a journey that we must make if we ever intend to leave our mark on the world. That is Everyday Espionage. Everyday Espionage is dedicated to one thing, educating everyday people. I know that not everyone will listen, but those who listen will learn. If you learned something new today, click subscribe, review, and share the podcast with a friend. Find me on social media at Everyday Spy or on my website, everydayspy.com. If you are up for a special challenge, Visit everydayspy.com forward slash operations and join me for an authentic spy training mission. And above all else, remember that knowledge is freedom.